Hello, my name is Hindel Grossman. I'm a divorce attorney in Newton, Massachusetts, and welcome to Inside Divorce, a podcast series published on the 15th of each month. Each guest is an expert in the field of divorce and has fascinating information to share. I hope you'll listen. Hello and welcome. My name is Hindel Grossman, and I'm here today with Julie Starr, author of a book called Your Husband Left, Now What? So welcome, Julie. How are you? Thank you, Hindel. Pleasure to be here. Good. Well, I'd love the audience to hear a little bit about you first and before we delve into the really interesting topics of your book. So tell us a little about yourself. Okay. So I have been a life coach since 2002. I work with women. My business possibility is all about possibility and women from all walks of life. Just recently, I wrote this book and I've decided to focus on women whose husbands leave been there, done that. And I was married for 18 years, and I've been divorced for 18 years. So at this point, I I really feel that the points that women need to learn about and know about, I'm ready to put that out to the world. Yeah. Is that your personal experience? What prompted you to write this book? Yes. I was married for 18 years. I see that there's two groups of women when husbands leave. There are the women, like uh, Vicki Stark speaks about it in her book, Runaway Husbands, where women are in marriages where they think things are going well and everything is just seems hunky-dory. And then all of a sudden, he comes into the kitchen and tells you he's leaving. I was in the second group, which is being in a marriage for 18 years, knowing that things are decaying, but the reality of divorce you know, you might even speak about divorce, but the reality is a different story when he comes and says he's leaving, which is what happened to me. So in other words, it's not a total surprise, but it's still a surprise. Right. And it's that shock. There is what I call, it's like being blindsided. It's that initial shock. You go into overwhelm and just, you know, day-to-day functioning is... Yeah, it's a challenge. Yeah, right. Well, I know at the beginning of your book, you said I went from dish rag to what? Empowered woman. So really, at the beginning, your energy is low. You don't know what happened. I can remember the morning after he told me I was having my carpets cleaned in the house, a lovely man who was with me for like 10 years. And he just opened the door. And there I was in tears. And he sat down and talked with me. And you know, it's it's a shock. Even though you might be expecting it, there is still that shock factor. There, Over the next few months, there will be grief, there will be overwhelm, and... All emotions. Yeah. The, the entire emotion. array of emotions, yes. Well, and each one takes a long time to get over, because you don't even necessarily know it's coming or recognize when it's there, yes. and then you're in it. This is... What I talk about in the first section of my book is the adjustment. And the biggest point that I tell women is allow yourself to be in the flow, to be in grief one moment and the next minute you're getting your kids ready for school, you pull yourself together. You know, allow yourself to be where you need to be. And sometimes we have to put it on hold, which means getting the kids to school, then going home, lying down, calling a friend, and just letting it all out. Right. Really experiencing it. Yeah, people do need to go on with their lives, even though they're experiencing this 
terrible loss and grief and anger and fear and, you know, all of those emotions rolled up into one. But yet you still have to get up in the morning and do what you need to do. Right. And what is so important is that you will find that better life. I don't call it your best life because life is always filled with some sort of challenge, whether it's a health challenge, you're dealing with a relative that you have to negotiate with. There's something in life, but your better life will come as long as you just allow yourself to grieve and then start stepping into that better life. You may not have wanted this better life, but it's here. He's gone. And, you know, it's that acceptance piece. Sure. Well, you, you call it your better life. Some people might disagree with you for a while. And then uh, in my experience, I think people who don't, even the spouses who don't initially want the divorce, see it as a better life when they're beyond it. Would you agree? I would. And I think that there's a piece that, again, you may not have wanted this, but it is a reality. And I, I say to women, why would you want to be with a man who doesn't want to be with you? You deserve so much better. Women deserve to be loved properly, to be cared for, just as men deserve to be loved properly and cared for. And it takes two to tango. So if one partner is not willing to do the work, even though I've been through divorce, I don't really believe in divorce, but, but, it, but it happens to us. And I don't believe in it when there are two people who are willing to work things through because Every relationship is difficult. As a life coach, I see there will be storms in relationship. There will be times when you don't like your partner. That's normal. But if one person is ready to leave or has stepped out of the marriage, yeah. th then it's not going to happen. Stepped out of the marriage, you, said, you mean having another relationship? Exactly. Often when women experience a husband leaving, the husband has found a soft place to land. And what I tell women, and I... This is my philosophy. I believe this so strongly is to give the scenario, your ex-husband's behavior in this scenario and the other woman, no energy, power or time of day, which means this is about them. It's not about you. Mm -hmm. Yes, your relationship with your ex-husband is about you, but his actions are not about you. So you deserve yeah. better. A lot of people can spin about that, you know. Totally. Right. They can really for spin. For years. For, for years. a long time. And it brings in a lot of grief and self-doubt and not good for personal development, certainly, to wonder why your spouse has chosen someone else, right? And you'll never know. There are so many things that you will never know. If there's no discussion with your ex-husband as he leaves, you, you ask for a discussion. He doesn't give that to you. You're never going to have that, but you have to remember who you are. And I see this issue with my clients, not only ones whose husbands leave, but a lot of women don't hold on to themselves. Mm -hmm. You have to, you have to hold on to your power, mm -hmm. yeah. which is, which is just an inner beautiful power. It, it doesn't mean being aggressive. It doesn't mean powerhousing through life. It's just knowing who you are. Yeah. Well, the divorce process, as you know, just comes with lots of twists and turns. So. Having some sort of balance through it all and not going down those rabbit holes, I call them, every time something happens is good because it's hard hard to pull yourself out of them. Yes. That's a very, very good thing that you said, Indel, a rabbit hole. And if you do go down a rabbit hole, 
bless yourself, give yourself a big hug, know that that's just a normal thing to happen, but get slowly, you will get yourself out of those holes a little faster. Get some tools. I, I used to be a dance therapist, and I really believe that the body is so vital to get involved during the divorce process, whether it be a dancing in your house or a yoga class or getting out for a run or a walk. Yeah. You need to release. It's all about releasing because, you know, that legal maze is a crazy place to be. It is a crazy place to be, for sure, getting through that divorce. All right, let's talk about some of the other topics. We've already hit some in your book. One of them is shame. And I think there's a lot to talk about with shame. It ties into, you know, how people feel about their spouse having another relationship, as well as anger, grief. But what what do you have to say about shame? Shame is huge when a husband leaves. Because he leaves, you feel less than you go into social interactions and, oh my gosh, I mean, how do you speak to people? I've been there. I would go to the grocery store and I once had a man stop me and give me like a 10 minute lecture about how I shouldn't leave for the children. I waited till he finished. And then I looked him in the face and I said, actually, my husband left me. And (laughs) he didn't know quite what to say. People, I do have a chapter in my book called People Will Be Weird because People just don't know how to handle it. While you're trying to handle it, you have to help others. But back to the topic of shame. I guess let me ask you, the person who stopped you in the grocery store, I presume, was someone you knew. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It would be odd. Yeah, You know, I knew him. Our daughters were in the same class. I see. And apparently there had some information had circulated in in the community about you. Oh, yeah. It's fascinating how information circulates and... The questions people will ask you, I tell women, laugh. Really, you have to have a sense of humor in the whole process. At the beginning, I was crying in my bed, but eventually I learned to laugh. So I want to just quote Brene Brown in terms of shame. She says that shame cannot survive being spoken and met with empathy. There is no shame in being left by your husband. Of course you had a relationship that had some issues or the two of you would not have had conflict, but there is no shame. You are you. You are the same person you were before he left. You are the same person you've been all your life. And if you have some self-esteem issues, that's where therapy and life coaching comes in. Some good books. There are so many amazing books these days. So bottom line with shame, as I say, no. <laughs> no room for shame. No room for shame. I mean, shame has its purpose when we get really out of line and we we need to pull ourselves in, but not really because shame is very debilitating. We can own our choices in life. We we do need to take responsibility, especially before you jump into another relationship. Women will start dating right away. They need to see what went wrong. What is their part? Because we all, I say, every family has issues. Every person has issues. There is no shame in having a story and having issues. Yeah, good advice. All right, so let's step back for a second and just do the the overview of what happened. So, you know, a spouse says he or she's leaving. The remaining spouse is thunderstruck, doesn't quite know what to do, is grieving, fearful, really angry, 
very confused. And then eventually, you know, after processing and deciding what to do next, which is a very difficult decision, one of them decides to get a divorce. So then whether the other spouse who doesn't want the divorce or even is uncertain, they're brought along for the ride because the one who wants it gets to dictate what, you know, when it starts, at least when the legal proceedings begin. And then you go down this, what I call the long, dark tunnel, which is, you know, getting divorced. One person initiates it. The other one may not be so excited about getting a divorce because they're still trying to figure out what they want. And you get in the long, dark, smelly tunnel and you're in there for a while that that going through the legal process, that is. But it also parallel to the legal process, of course, is the emotional process that we've been and psychological process that we've been talking about with, you know, shame and how to identify who you are again, because, you know, you're not going to be that person's spouse any longer. And I, I, I just want to speak to that issue for a second. I tell women, you are who you are. Yes, the point of not being a couple anymore, especially with social dynamics. But the bottom line, the way that I held on to myself was that I knew who I was. And I know that sounds strange or whatever, but there is an inner knowing of who you are. So yes, you will have difficulty when you go to a party. You will have difficulty just even getting to a party. (laughs) But the idea is this is all a process, a process of emotional adjustment, the legal maze. I'm telling you, Hindle, I wish I had a lawyer like you during the process. I've listened to your podcasts of your clients. And, you know, you handhold, what I've heard from the interviews is that you hold a client's hand, but in a respectful, beside the client way. I think some of the lawyers often are kind of like the head guy and he's going to make it okay for you. And he doesn't make it okay for you. I had that experience with one of my lawyers. And yes, so having a good lawyer is so vital. And I I, I commend you how you work with your clients especially I also hear your efficiency. So thank you. The compliment. I've, I've reached my goal. Yeah, <laughs> conveyed I, that message. <laughs> I, I, for my clients in the States, I would recommend to you, but for my clients in Canada, I wish to find someone like you in Canada because yeah, having a good lawyer, initially I did not have a lawyer. I was too much a wreck and in the adjustment and our mutual accountant at the time said to me, Julie, do you have a lawyer? And I said, no. And he said, get one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> With, of course. Very right. distinctly. So I did find a lawyer, but I had three different lawyers through the process. And the legal maze is filled with intimidation, lack of disclosure. There can be bullying. And you really need a guide If you can mediate, that's fantastic, but it has to be both sides are willing to be financially disclosed and also child custody is very clear. Right. Well, that's for sure. Yeah. Navigating. I find that navigating like the the beginning steps of the divorce are, and and the end steps are the biggest challenges. The beginning being somebody probably leaves the marital home and then setting up the parenting plan. So both parents have access to the children and then figuring out the finances. And once that's rearranged, I call it the new world order. You know, the attorneys oh, are involved kind of. I love your sweat. terms. Oh okay. My gosh. So 
Well, thank you. We rearrange your life for you, you know, initially, because we know how it's going to go. I actually looked like to look at the beginning phase as an experiment too. Let's see how each of you handle living separately and how the kids can respond to, to the two household situation and how the finances work out. It, it informs about how a better divorce result uh, might happen after the initial experimentation phase. I mean, look, we do the best we can and figure out at the beginning what makes sense. And sometimes it doesn't make perfect sense and we'll have to tweak it later. And some parents think that they really want to spend a lot of time with their kids and, you know, just find out that they really can't handle that much time. Right. Well, this is it. I think that parenting piece is vital. I always say never diss your partner. And you could really want to, but you never do in front of the children, which is very, very difficult. I have a strategy like you go above and you stay within, which means, you know, just be like an eagle above watching the whole scenario, but stay within your core. Kids suffer no matter what. When their parents, I'm a child of divorce. I mean, I was already married with a child when my parents divorced. And my kids were 16, 14, and 10. And as much as you wanted to make it good for them, it's going to be hard for them. For sure. Even for adult children. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You want your parents to be together. It just makes life easier. But we can do things to make it easier for the kids, which means... Okay, negotiate with your partner, not through the kids. Really, both of you focus on a script of what to tell the kids initially. For them to have two different stories is not fair to them. So that's putting your feelings aside and writing a script with your partner. You know, give the kids a choice. My girls, I had them sit down. I said, you know, where do you guys want to be? What do you want to do? They have their friends they have sleepover camp if they go away in the summer. They have they have their school activities. All of these pieces come in. Yeah. You don't want to take that away from them. Their stability and the things that they like. Yeah, the kid piece is an, is an incredible challenge. You know, you just hope hope that they come out all right in the end and that both parents keep focused on the kids' well-being instead of their own. And of course, as you well know, people get sidetracked with their own emotions and forget about the kids sometimes. Or whose or whose emotions come first. Right. And I, I do commend my ex-husband on many times being very considerate to the girls. And that was my credo because, you know, they deserve to have a happy life. And my three daughters are now all married with kids and happy. And, you know, life, as I say, life is, there's no the, there's no the best life. There's the better life. But, oh, my gosh. Those grandkids are the best. So they are. So your kids survived. Maybe a little scar here or there. Certainly a memory that they might not may not cherish as much. But they're on their own paths now. It can be done. Right. But the biggest piece is that piece of not dissing your ex in front of the kids. Sure. Well, you know, sometimes one parent takes your advice, but the other parent doesn't. Exactly. And right? you have no power over the other person. So what? What he does is in his ballpark, but what you do, even in the legal process, you have a choice whether to play a fair game or not. And your lawyer, I'm not saying you, Vindal, but a lawyer might say to you to do something that you just know it wouldn't be nice, and you don't have to do that. Quite true. I mean, even if you don't have discussion with the other partner, it's nice to have discussion, but some of us 
don't have that dialogue during the divorce. So. Or can't, for sure. You know, it seems like a good time for me to mention my um, one of my philosophies, which is goodwill doesn't breed goodwill, which is you can do something nice, but do it without expecting the other person to be nice in return. Because absolutely, when you're in that long, dark tunnel of divorce, it doesn't really happen that way. No, and you'll often hear, I hear it from so many women, well, my lawyer told me to do this. And I mean, you know, and it's no, the lawyer does not make the decisions you do. The lawyer advises you what to do and you take the ball. So if the ball is not rolling properly, yeah, it's your responsibility. That's true. So, you know, a person who's getting divorced for the first time sometimes has a hard time making those decisions, right? Sorting through how to make a decision that a lawyer might give options and then choosing what to do, because as your book says, you know, there are people who give advice and there are people who have wisdom. And a lot of people will give advice, right? How to advise someone going through a divorce, how to act or how to respond. Right. And this comes back to that inner core. You know who you are. And yes, I think this can lead a little bit into the financial piece, which I see that women will give away their power and maybe they're exhausted and they're just, oh, whatever, whatever he wants, whatever, you know, he, he says he has no money, we'll just end it just so I can get out of this misery. When you're negotiating, you want to be fair and you want to realize that it's your future self-care. Money, now, I negotiate it fairly. I was fortunate to be able to get a mortgage and stay in the house for my girls and now my grandkids come here, and I was able to negotiate that. So it wasn't easy, but I had to hold on to myself and have a good lawyer to be able to negotiate fairly. So when I say, you know, don't diss your partner, I mean emotionally and in front of the kids. But you stand in your power, which is hard for a lot of women who husbands leave. They're, they're falling apart. They don't know what to do. Hold your power. Well, it is certainly a learning exercise, isn't it? To understand a person, what what they value, what's important to them, how to move forward, how not to feel taken advantage of or feel bullied, which is another topic in your book. It's a common situation. Intimidation, bullying, and lack of disclosure, especially financial disclosure, is it's a game. Yep, yep, sure it is. You know, so you have a really lovely chapters at the end of the book about tools for transition. So do you want to talk about those a little bit? So this is your better life. How do you get your better life? You start at the very beginning, even when you're in grief. If you had my book, you'd flip to the third part, even though you're at the very beginning, because your better life is now. I actually had a client who was going through this and I quote her all the time. She said to me, Julia, I guess my better life is now. And that is it. Right now, you can use affirmations. You can use powerful questions. I have a lot of wisdom that I gained during my divorce in the book. It's right now you can start stepping into that better life. Dating, I do say, you know, unless you're already with a man, do some research at the very back of the book. I have resources like books to read, and I have several on relationship because you will end up creating the same toxic relationship if you don't do your own work. Yes. Well, that is another whole conversation we could have about um, 
people dating while they're divorcing or soon after they're divorced to kind of alleviate the pain or feel good, you know, and like they're moving on. But if they're not really ready, they get into some trouble in these other new relationships. And I have a couple of your powerful questions here. I just thought they were, they were interesting. I'm going to read a few because it, they're, they're good questions to ask uh, yourself. So what am I holding on to? So things, it could be, you know, the dream of a happy marriage, for example, to, and the person has to understand that they're holding on to that and they have to let it go. Why they're holding on to it. What's the truth in my heart? How do I remain calm in all this craziness? What's my next step? How is my world changing for the better? How can I be in the moment rather than riding the wave of fear? How will I experience freedom and peace when I let go of the fear? How can I save my health and how can I respond rather than react? Those are really good questions to, for people to ask themselves to, if they could just take a moment and start thinking about how they can be strong and uh, how they envision their future life, their better life, as you said. Yes. And I'll just add to that, no blame. No blame. Like if you are in the depths of despair, normal, <laughs> this is what happens to us. So, you know, I'm here saying all of these things, don't diss your partner, go do this, do that. Well, I was lying in my bed and on my sofa for a long time. So those questions will guide you to your better life. It's a process, but yes. Well, you know, we understand and we've seen you and I, you have a life coach and me as a divorce attorney, how people react. Not everyone reacts the same way, but there are some similarities, certainly. Everyone gets cured, so to speak, heals in their own way. And uh, we hope that they and their families can all move on. And it's a journey, Hindle. It's a journey that it's just part of your journey. Like the way I, I, I see we're body, mind, and soul, and our soul has its work inside our body, and divorce might be part of your journey, but it's just a part of your journey. Right. Well, you know, I think all of us have our dreams, and when our dreams don't get fulfilled, then, you know, you have to rethink your life and move on to some other dream. Exactly. And start the dream with you. Before you start hooking up with another guy, start the dream with you. And, oh, there's a wonderful psychologist, Ken Page. And Ken has this question. He says, does my soul feel safe with this person? When you first start dating, does my soul feel safe with this person? And because basically you're making a stranger your home. That's what partnership is. I thought that was so beautifully said by Ken. And so you want to make sure that you make your next home, you're in a home with yourself, but your next home is a home that you feel loved, cherished, and proper love. Yeah. Well, that's lovely. Certainly a good goal for everyone. Well, Julie Starr, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today, and I wish you well. For those listeners who didn't notice, Julie's in based in Canada. <laughs> when you said the word process, it was obvious. <clears throat> That's right. I, I always forget that. Yeah. But that tells us divorce is universal, right? Exactly. Right. Unfortunately, yes. yes. All right. Well, thank you very much, Julie. Sassoon Simrod has attorneys who meet your dynamic needs, handling legal matters, including tax issues, real estate transactions, business law, and of course, divorce and post-divorce matters. I can be reached at the same number, 617-969-0069, but my email address has changed. It's now hgrossman at sassoonsimrod, 
sassoonsimrad.com. Sassoon Simrod is spelled S-A-S-S-O-O-N-C-Y-M-R-O-T. Thanks for listening.